0: Well, hello everybody. Welcome out to another podcast. Got Dave here with me. How are you, Dave? Well, I'm
1: good. I'm had a little cold. It's the season, right? Yeah,
0: it is the season. So, uh, uh
1: anyway, but I'm I'm doing better, Scott. Good to be good to be with you and look forward to talking about some seasonal things today.
0: Yeah, I'm excited about that. Uh, you don't sound like uh, your cold's taken too big of a toll on you i know you I, yeah I, i'm
1: I'm feeling a lot better than i was last week
0: when so. i talked to you last week you sounded like uh i don't know like you could sing bass for a <laughs> bluegrass band maybe or something well, uh,
1: last week i you know in the middle of the week i went down to saint george actually played a little golf at sand hollow and and uh that helped me kind of i think get better i think sometimes having a cold it's i, I almost get better going and sweating it out or walking it off or whatever then it seems like laying down i just get weaker
0: if i lay down it puts me in my head too long and that's not yeah, a, that's not exactly. a that's, that's a, yeah a, that's, that's a pretty rotten neighborhood sometimes to be in is in my own yeah, head. so yeah deb and i just got back from uh being down south as well we were down at the what's called the national finals rodeo it's kind of like the super bowl of rodeo and all the top athletes from all over the world. And it was kind of fun. We had a awesome. great time down there. You go down every year? Like yeah, every year. Yep, every single year. It's a fun. Fact, in fact, this is the first year uh, that I haven't ridden the mechanical bull on my birthday. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> just, I think at the That's age right. of... That's 5th I'll be 59 tomorrow, actually. Yeah, your I, birthday's this week. And yeah, I, tomorrow, I, huh? I guess that, uh, you know, uh, at this age, I think I'm just... Maybe I got smarter. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, That's probably a good thing. Did you write it, though? No, I didn't. You didn't even write it? No. Okay. No, first time. You're probably wising up. Um, Maybe you're getting smarter. It's taking you 59 years to figure that out.
0: Yeah, I guess that's a stretch. But (laughs) I don't know. We'll find (laughs) out. Happy birthday tomorrow. Thank you very much. It's almost Christmas. Christmas is just around the corner. Pretty important day. Yeah. In the uh, world of Christendom, no doubt, and uh, it, because of the commercial commercial commercialism of it too, I guess it's a pretty important day to everybody uh, for the most part. But we're going to spend a little bit of time focusing on some of the symbols of Christmas as we uh, dive in today's podcast. You know, as we we've talked about this in the past, and I think Dave and I both feel the same way, but I love Christmas. I really do. Uh, I remember Christmas as a little boy. Uh, Actually, as a little boy, uh, every year we would go to what was David's house at the time, my grandma and grandpa's house on Christmas Eve and have this huge celebration. Food, cousins, presents, the nativity. And, And that nativity was really cool because each year it was like I was the third oldest grandson, so I got to be Joseph number three. (laughs)
1: <laughs> right
0: okay. but you know we uh grew up a whole bunch of grandkids and kids and uh and i think that Sweet tradition memories yeah that tradition is kind of we're doing it now in our home
1: yeah we do too scott yeah christmas is a wonderful time of the year in fact i i don't know quite how to describe this or or uh how to talk about this in the right way but i often scott think that Christmas is um, more than a holiday, it can somewhat be a measure of our life in in how we live it. I mean, how we choose to live it, how we choose to see it, uh, the, the feelings that we have during Christmas is somewhat um, a sign, maybe a little bit of a magnification of how we see things and feel things not just during christmas or this this christmas season but but throughout all of the year in fact I, again i don't know if this is right or wrong or good or bad but so many times when i when i meet people i i don't know why i do this guy this i know this is really weird it must be probably just a singular thing that it's unique to me is that i i often ask myself I wonder how they celebrate Christmas. I, I, I mean, this could be even strangers that I might see. This could be in June. This could be in June, and I meet somebody in Iowa, and I think, I wonder how they celebrate Christmas. And sometimes I'll drive past a farmhouse, out in the middle of nowhere. I, I would do this in Minnesota and Wisconsin or wherever I traveled out in the Midwest, and I would sometimes just think, again, this could be in the summer, or any time of the year, and I, I would think, I wonder what goes on in that house during Christmas. I ate at a restaurant not very long ago, no, three or four months ago. I was in a restaurant that they had turned a house into a into a restaurant. And I was sitting in the restaurant and I just Chris and myself and I said to Chris, I'll bet they had some great Christmases in this house. I don't know why it is that I think so much about Christmas, other than I I think I think it's true for me, and I, I wonder if it's true for others that Christmas is something of a a more than all the symbols that make up Christmas. Christmas itself can be something of a symbol of our life, how we see Christ. How we see celebrations, how we see the world, how we, I don't know, I, I just think Christmas is a lot more than just celebrating the birth of Jesus. I think it has so much to do with our relationship with him throughout the entire year.
0: I I don't drive past homes (laughs) in the Midwest and think, think, what would Christmas be like in there? I'm sure nobody does. (laughs) But I I think that's super cool. Maybe I will now that you've said that, (laughs) you know. But what I do, uh, you know, there have been a lot of Christmases in my life. Most of them growing up, all of my Christmases growing up were magical for for all the right reasons, too, Hmm. right? For all the right reasons. We learned about Jesus. We celebrated Jesus. We... It it was for all the right reasons. But, you know, when life got lifing, in my case, later in life, you know, and and when I say later in life, I mean like in my early or late teens and through my 20s and even in my early 30s, Christmas has changed. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. when you were when you were just saying all that, it kind of occurred to me that I, I guess I could use. I could use Christmas as kind of a metric, almost as, a metric, as how, That's my a good li- word. as how my life is. Yeah, a know? measurement,
1: something of a measurement. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. Where, where you know, like for example, an uh, assessment for is the f- for the last twenty years since I've been married to my angel wife, Deborah and we celebrate christmas together it's been different and it's been amazing and it's yeah. back to those old magical wonderful mm-hmm. uh, but there have been christmases prior to that especially in the years that uh, you know i was uh, i was drinking and drugging and living my life uh, without the uh, uh, outside of the will of our heavenly father and when i was doing that there were some of those and they were metrics too you know, I would yeah. they, I would come up to Christmas and it would be a stark reminder of all of the garbage in my life. And those were kind of yeah. yeah. they even though there was joy in them because I had the memories and I had the imprint of the spirit and, and all of that, which didn't didn't go away, but it definitely became clouded during those periods of time and i love now that uh, as christmas comes i don't have to feel that way anymore there was a lot of anxiety there was a lot of financial stress too which yeah. didn't help oh. and you know and there was uh, there was all of that and uh, today you know it's just different because and, and it's i think because of what you just said it is definitely a measurement it's a way i can measure my relationship with with my heavenly father well, and
1: jesus it seems like it's the best of times, and it can be the worst of times. I mean, people who have lost loved ones, yeah, uh, Christmas time right. can can recall uh, how much those loved ones are are missed. Uh, people who are lonely right. uh, become even more lonely this uh, season of the year. Uh, it's the best of times, and it's the worst times. But in in all times, Scott, if if Christ were more the center of it you know i i just sometimes we just say the word christmas and we we should say it christmas i wish i wish we would just kind of pronounce it even yeah, yeah. differently <laughs> so so many people don't really daily or hourly during the season see Christ in christmas they love the they love the lights they love the symbols they love the 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 giving and the receiving of gifts and all that goes on and all the traditions and all the songs and all the the carols and music and, and all of that we love. But if we don't see Christ in all of that, in every bit of that, then we're missing out on the real joy and peace and reason for the season.
0: When I was in first grade, Greenwood Elementary, American Fork, Utah. I'll never forget, first grade. How old are you in first grade? Six, seven, somewhere in that. Yeah. I'll never forget that it was around Christmas time and and Miss, Mrs. Adams writes Christmas on the chalkboard. It was during Christmas time. Wow. And she says, I want to teach you something extremely important today. And then she wrote x must. You know, a lot of times people will abbreviate Christmas with an X M A S Xmas, Christmas. She says, don't ever write Christmas with an X. <laughs> she was teaching us that in first grade. It was important <laughs> to her that as first graders, even, and, and I know, I don't know if there were or not, but I'm assuming there were probably kids in the class that weren't even LDS, but they knew about Christmas and everything like that, right? And she's like, "It's not Xmas. We don't celebrate X's birthday. We celebrate Christ's birthday. Don't ever, don't." And and she was like, "Don't ever um, demean the name of Jesus by putting an X where Christ <laughs> belongs." So,
1: Sweet, you bring that up, Scott. But actually. X X was the Greek symbol for Christ.
0: Oh well, so you just totally changed no, my no, childhood. So,
1: yeah, well, I I think that's cool that your teacher taught you that. She'd probably get fired for that today. Definitely, but, yeah. But, but actually, Xmas. If if you see Xmas, you should see Christ, because X was the Greek symbol for Christ. How cool. Yeah, so yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, it it's true, and uh, so even Xmas, you should see Christ in that. In fact, I I almost per, when I see X, I see Christ. Yeah, yeah, I see Christ. Yeah. So uh, the this you know the Scottish flag, you yeah. know my great great trip I had this year going to Scotland, and the Scottish flag is the X, right? Yeah, and and that X is is a symbol of St Andrew who was uh, crucified on the X in in uh, in Greece and so I don't know the the X can actually be a really powerful religious symbol and is literally is the uh, the Greek symbol for for Christ so well, if I don't we know go. if any
0: of you learned anything today, but <laughs> <laughs> I just learned something really cool. I'll yeah, never so quite I see. love... Yeah, kind of cool. I, either way, though, you know, the, the, it was interesting that uh, in a secular environment that we were encouraged to focus on Jesus yeah, even then, you that's know? That's really cool. Yeah.
1: And there's so many other symbols, like X. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's so many other symbols of this time of year that... I think we should see Christ in whenever we see the symbols that I think it would just kind of be fun to review some of those. And I know this probably isn't new to most of our listeners, but I think it's just always good to think about it. And maybe we can all increase our effort to see Christ in all the symbols that we see. I, I'm, you know, we live in such a secular world and it seems to be, Come sometimes more and more secular and uh, I enjoyed a really wonderful Christmas TV show with my sweetheart last week and we watched the the whole show and we enjoyed it immensely and it dawned on me near the end of the show that all the great performers and all of the songs that were sung not one of them had made reference to Jesus and it made me kind of sad and it kind of uh, perked up my own uh, self-awareness that i i need to i need to do better in in even the songs that i listen to which i have a great christmas playlist but i need to really even the songs i listen to make them as christ-centered as as possible this time of year and so in all that we do this season, let's let's think of Christmas. So let's let's review some of the some of the symbols, Scott. Which pick one and let's. Well, talk about you know, it. before
0: we do that too, let's just uh, extend an invitation. Right now, uh, we know that uh, many of you will have symbols that are meaningful to you. We'd love it if you would share those with us. Yeah, uh, that'd be fun. Send us an email to heredeemsus at gmail and share those with us, and uh, we may even. Uh, highlight a couple of those in upcoming episodes so have you do that i don't know if i have a favorite symbol in fact i I, i'm sure i don't i was just thinking oh, what's my favorite symbol what's my favorite symbol but you know um i think one of the ones that maybe i'll point out first of all is just the star you know you know we think of the star we put it on the christmas tree and of course it's representative of the star that is shown above bethlehem at the birth of the savior and, and acted. As a guiding star, yeah. you know, for for wise men, right, and, and for shepherds, and
1: and for all those here in the Americas, you know, Samuel right. prophesied. Samuel in the Book of Mormon, in Helaman chapter fourteen, he prophesied that there will be a new star, yeah, and that's there right. will be a day and a night and a day as if it were one day. It seems to me, and I, President Nelson said this actually not long ago. Uh, a few years ago that 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 uh, the whole world would have maybe experienced a, a day and a night and a day as if it were one day that the whole world was lit up by this new star so i don't i you're right uh, that's that was prophesied 5 years before yeah, it ever five happened years. Yep. and wise men had been looking for it for For probably years as well. Birth. And when we yeah. talk about next either today or on our next podcast, I want to talk about the first event the first Christmas and, and some of the events and uh, talk about those wise men and possibly see them a little differently than we normally do. Maybe there were three, but maybe there were twelve. And maybe they weren't just magi, but maybe they were prophets or apostles. So I, I that'll be interesting for us to talk about on probably our next podcast, Scott. But I I love the symbol of the star as well. Certainly that was to if we would follow the star that that would uh, lead us lead us to Christ. Even in the Book of Revelation, the Apostle John refers to Jesus Christ as the Morning Star, uh, which is the important symbol on the Nauvoo Temple in the windows in the beautiful. Uh, stained glass windows but uh, so the star is, a, is definitely not just a symbol of his birth but it becomes a symbol of christ himself being right. the light yep. being the light of the world
0: yeah and, and when you know i think that it can uh I, and it does often for me you know when i see that star deb and i have a big star hanging out above our garage we just, and people think are, when they drive by, are you from Texas? No, we just love this star, you know. And and this is why, you know, that star reminds me just like the wise men, mm-hmm. just like Samuel the Lamanite. It reminds me to always be looking for him, uh, mm-hmm. to 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 make sure, you know, is my course uh, headed in towards the star? Am I headed in the right direction? And and very frequently, uh, probably not every day. But, but semi-frequently, that star, <laughs> and I hit it as weird as it sounds, that star hanging out above my garage. That, when round. I Yeah, when I see that, sometimes I think. It's not okay,
1: one with uh, lights on it.
0: Uh, no, it's, it's just, just a, a big star. Brass. Big it's a big, like yeah. one
1: like the one on your belt buckle, exactly, or the one on your spurs. <laughs> yeah, that, well, yeah, I got or, all those too. But right, yeah. and you think about yeah. Jesus every time you see those.
0: I, when I see the one hanging above my garage, <laughs> I absolutely do.
1: I, I think it's a symbol that we should think about I year round.
0: I really do. If yeah. we,
1: when we see stars, yeah, we should think of
0: the star. We should. and we should think of Christ. And, and 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 to me, it it does remind me. You know, uh, Mariners used it. They used the stars they to, to, to yeah. guide their ships. Am I using the star <laughs> to guide my life? And that's a question I should ask myself. The
1: star of David is the great Jewish symbol, right? The yep. star of David, yep. which really is a symbol of the second David, which is Jesus Christ, the King of Israel. Yep. So uh, anyway, I think the star, so many... What's one of your favorites? So many great symbols of the star... Well, let's let's talk about the the candy cane, a simple symbol like the candy yeah, cane. Yeah, it, It's you know I've always loved candy canes as a little boy growing up, and and um, you know never really understood or appreciated. I think the the symbol of the candy cane, which is really a symbol of the shepherds, the 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 shepherds crook, the you know that the, them guiding their sheep and having that to be to be there, some, something of a protection for them as well. And, uh, and then to have it be colored, usually red and white, lots of different flavors to, today, but, but primarily red and white, which is a symbol, always a symbol of red being the blood of Christ, and white, the sinless life of Christ, and his purity, the purity uh, uh, and the virtue the a virgin and the virtue involved in the story of Christmas. So I just I've always loved that story of the shepherds again, which we'll recount when we talk about the first Christmas uh, later in this podcast or the next. But there's some I I was in Bethlehem. Um, I was in Bethlehem many years ago, and I was in Shepherd's Field, and we were singing Christmas carols in in June. And uh, sitting there in shepherd's field, looking over at Bethlehem, I could see the Church of Nativity, where uh, many believe Jesus was born. And I tried to picture there these shepherds, these young shepherds, some old, watching their sheep by night. Now, we'll talk more about that, I guess, Scott. But I've always loved the candy cane because I I go back to that experience I had in in Shepherd's Field out just outside of Bethlehem and I it, it was really one of the most sacred experiences I had in the Holy Land.
0: I'm excited we're going there in March uh, with some family members looking really forward to that. You know when I think of the uh, the uh, crook, the 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 candy cane that's the shepherd's crook I have a lot of feeling that goes with that. You know, Grandpa, your dad was a sheep herder yeah, as right. a little boy, yeah. right? And uh, he has shared with me some of his most wonderful experiences being out on the mountain down in, you know, um, Hanksville and various places and herding sheep as a little, just a little boy. I, I, there's no way I'd send my, my kid at that age out to do what he yeah, was no, sent that's to do. It. he
1: got his testimony.
0: <laughs> yeah. See, he Reading said the Book he was, of Mormon He there. said
1: he was 16 years old. And... Yep.
0: But anyway, so when I think when I think of sheep uh, shepherds, uh, I think of the contrast between a sheep herder and a shepherd. Right, good. Because, you know, Jesus was the great shepherd, yeah. and uh, he would have as a great shepherd used one of those crooks. Sheep herders don't really use the crook. Sheep herders use dogs and ropes, and, right. you know, and, and sheep herding is about force. Right. Sheep herding is about keeping everything together and You're forcing driving
1: it. them instead of leading them. Exactly.
0: And you know them as sheep, mm-hmm. um, but the shepherd knows the sheep by, sheep by name. Right. And the shepherd um, is out in front and right. is the leader. And, uh, you know, if one were to get off the path, you know, that crook could be used to kind of keep him safe or to pull him out of a, a ravine or a ditch or, uh, you know, a very dangerous situation. And I see that crook as, as uh, one of the tools that maybe Jesus uses to pull me, a lost sheep, along well, sometimes, is, and I appreciate it. He referred that. to himself as the yeah, good shepherd. Right.
1: And at the door of the sheep. And uh, so... You know, you can take the candy cane not just to represent the the shepherds who the angels appeared to and sang and, and who went to the manger and saw the babe lying in the manger and wrapped in swaddling clothes, but you can think of uh, the candy cane should again remind us of Jesus himself who was the ultimate shepherd and is the ultimate shepherd to each of us as hopefully we see ourselves as the sheep anyway so i i think that's one of my favorite symbols what's another one scott
0: well how about uh how about bells you know let's talk about that okay you know christmas bells for example we've got uh, i remember uh, again as a little boy my grandpa fagan my mom's dad big time horse guy big time cowboy had um when, when I was a little boy, we used to have Shetland ponies uh, that we had trained to pull as a team a big buckboard wagon. And uh, during the winter, you know, we would drive those around. And he had sleigh bills, you know. the kind. Mm-hmm. And uh, Deb, actually, a few years ago, they're hanging right there uh, in my mm-hmm. office. And uh, just a few years ago, Deb, uh, I guess maybe 10, bought me those as a remembrance of that. So, mm-hmm. you know, every Christmas morning... Even when I was in high school, David, we didn't get out of bed. We spent Christmas Eve at your house with my Durfee side of the family, and then on Christmas morning, we didn't get out of bed. We didn't have to worry about it, though, because he usually came quite, quite early, 5 o'clock sometimes, maybe earlier. And he would, the first thing we'd hear in the morning are those bells ringing, you know, and it's his sleigh bells, you know, I wish I could replicate it. I should have thought about it, yeah. but I'm not going to walk over and grab those right now. But, <laughs> uh, but it would be those sleigh bells that we had here. And it would be a, an announcement. Okay. The announcement was grandpa's here. It's, it's okay. Now a call. It, it's okay. Now to come and receive the gifts and And it's a little boy, you don't think of it that way yeah. but but that's what the bells represent now, right i i mean we we think about um uh, what's what's quoted in Luke two fourteen? glory to God in the highest uh, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men when I hear those bells uh, I hear that now as a call a yeah. call to what a call to come receive the gift the gift of what the gift of the atonement of Jesus Christ which compensates enables and takes care of all of the other things uh, in our lives that are, are just not exactly right yeah. I love the bells
1: Bells can warn us as well. Bells would would be used for warning. Jesus uh, warns us. We should all be pre- in preparation for his second coming. The bells do call us. They do. The bells are used to make announcements. Um, I love the I love the symbol of bells as well,
0: Scott.
1: How about the um, How about the the holly berry? Uh, how does that song go, Scott? Pinecone.
0: I'm not going to sing it. Last time I sang on here, you. Uh...
1: <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't. No, no do that's it. probably the wrong. Song. You shouldn't sing either.
0: <laughs> it's sorry. Pinecones and holly berries. <laughs> oh, there
1: you go. Yeah. Well, you know the ivy. If you really look at the ivy, it's very sharp, and it should remind us of the crown of thorns. Yeah and uh, and then they they have these red berries in the holly in the sharp sharp holly with pointed needles they have the the red berries which remind us of his blood so i think of the crown of thorns and the blood of christ when i when i think of the holly the green holly and the red berries so, I, I think that's a great symbol. And that's on so many Christmas cards and it's on so many wreaths. Wreaths, wreaths themselves, Scott, yeah. are a symbol of a circle, meaning eternity, usually made up of, of, of pine, uh, which is an evergreen, which means that we will never truly die, that we live forever and ever, immortality, which is the Christmas tree itself, right? The Christmas tree and the needles pointing upward and so many great symbols well, and with that, the tree and wreaths as yeah, well. Yeah,
0: that round shape representing eternity. Right. Um, you know, I, I'm just looking on the church's website right now. They actually have some of these ten symbols of Christmas, and for this one, they actually have a... Uh, a scripture that's quoted from doctrine and covenants 35 verse 1 I'm going to read it it says listen to the voice of the lord your god even alpha and omega the beginning and the end whose course is one eternal round the same today as yesterday and forever yeah and that's a representation of the wreath
1: yeah when you see circles that's what you should think of is et- is eternity you know the the prophet once took off his ring you know a round right, ring right there's no beginning and there's no end when you see a circle. Wreaths represent that. I know that on our door at my house, we have this beautiful handmade wreath that my wife made with many of these symbols on it. And in the center and at the very bottom of the wreath is the baby Jesus. And uh, I, I just I love the symbol of wreaths as well. And hope that we see Christ in even a, something as simple as a as a wreath, whether it be in the store or on a door or wherever. Uh, what else, Scott? Well, uh,
0: how about uh, poinsettias? You know, that's one that we don't sometimes think about. Poinsettias, but, which, yeah.
1: you know, are a plant that thrives this time of year. It's kind of interesting that that plant thrives in the wintertime. I know many of them come from down south. But it's the redness of it, the the shape of it, this it's kind of in a star shape, the red color, which again should remind us of the blood of Christ and redemption through His blood. Yeah, I love, I love, and the sometimes the white right. poinsettias yep. Yep. remind us of the purity, the sinlessness, the virtue that's uh, all symbolized by the by the virgin birth of Christ and the life of Christ. So that's, that's a great symbol. Uh, you know, the other thing
0: about poinsettias, too, is poinsettias, just like any other flower, they're, they're layered. There's a top layer of petals, there's another layer of petals, there's another layer of petals, typically, right? Typically on a poinsettia, the top layer is five, Five petals, Uh you know, and we know that that's a that's a number that's representative of of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, because that was the number of nails that was used to to carry out the crucifixion. Right. So you know, when I see a pointed five
1: pointed stars that we see those five pointed leaves, yeah, yeah, all of that number five is kind of the atonement number. So that the number five itself is is symbolic.
0: Yeah, and, 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 you know, if you look close enough, you can see that. You, like you just said, the five-pointed star, the five petals of the poinsettia. You know, maybe there's others, too, that uh, we're not thinking about. Well, right the now.
1: sand dollar. The sand dollar has. Oh, yeah. Hey,
0: tell that. So Dave's got a really cool story <laughs> no, about sand know, dollars. I
1: didn't know anything about sand dollars until I married into my Terry family, my wife's family. And I think it was the first or second Christmas early on in our marriage. Her mom and dad would always bring out a sand dollar that they had purchased. You know, since we live here, we're not on a beach. You can find them, I guess, all over on the beach. My daughter found one when they were in Florida recently. Anyway, they have have a sand dollar and they bring it out and they talk about the five marks representing the the marks the nails yeah the so on the
0: front of the sand dollar it looks like a five pointed star yeah, yeah and
1: they talk about the marks of Jesus you know the nails of Jesus the the five holes that are in the sand dollar there's a star on the sand dollar the sand dollar is actually a sea urchin i don't know if people yeah. know what we're even talking about right. i i don't know what the technical name of this <laughs> i don't either of this urchin <laughs> is but it lives in the bottom of the ocean and And it's usually purple in color or brownish uh, red. But it
0: turns white once it's been in the sun. Right.
1: And when it dies and it comes, I think it's illegal to actually catch them alive. So you can't get one until it's dead. And when it's dead, it's on the beach and the salt in the sand. It bleaches out to this white, the color white, which again is a symbol. Anyway, the first time I found this sand dollar and there was a story that went with it. And I'm going, wow, is this even for real? The first time I, I experienced this with my new in law family and and then at the very end after talking about the the star and the, the something of a poinsettia the flower that you can see on the on the sand dollar and the five marks and then they broke it open and they they out comes five little stone like in the shape of a dove very small teeny but they say, and these are the five doves. And I'm going, what? Wow. <laughs> the the symbols of, of the sand dollar. And the five doves, of course, represent peace. The peace that we all have been promised because of Christ. My peace I leave with you. Uh, and the, the, the dove is also a symbol of the Holy Ghost. So I just, I was so taken back by this Uh amazing symbol and i i'm i'm going to tell my wife we got to re- resurrect that tradition because i don't do that with my kids or my grandkids and i want to get a sand dollar before christmas this year and i want to kind of r- start that new tradition in my family it is to tell the story and to use that as a powerful symbol of jesus Christ this christmas
0: yeah that's a fantastic idea not sure where you'll find one
1: I think you can buy them pretty much in in
0: probably get one on online oh, on on Amazon. That's <laughs> sure probably you true. Can get them. You can buy anything. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, that's true. I didn't think of that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fantastic. That's and that's really a cool story. Uh, I I hadn't heard that before this morning. Dave says and I think you collect them. In I did. Seattle, you I did said, when you lived in Seattle. yeah when I lived in Seattle. We'd go uh, out on the beach, uh, not in Seattle, obviously, but out on the coast and and uh, trevor when he was just a little boy would love running up and down the beach picking up those sand dollars and then i remember one time he put them all in a plastic bag and left them in the back of my car and i forgot about them. and man my car stunk because <laughs> <laughs> i guess they need to be cleaned but uh not to distract though from the the coolness of that story yeah dave, dave was telling me that story this morning and i had never heard that before so well i think i'm kind of anxious to try yeah, it myself there's
1: stories and poems that have been written and I want to make that a more important uh, Christmas symbol this year with my family.
0: What's another one of your favorites?
1: Oh, uh, how about the lights themselves that yeah. we put on the Christmas tree, usually heavy on the red yeah. and the green, right? Yep. Just the colors themselves, yeah. of red and green, red representing, again, the blood and the death and the suffering and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And the green representing life, green is the symbol of, of life and and the eternal life that Jesus, the resurrection which Jesus Christ made possible for all of us that we might have immortality. So I I love those symbols and then of course the white light which is a symbol of, of eternity and being the light of the world and I, I love the symbols of the lights that we hang and, and you could go on, blue is a symbol of the Godhead. Uh, all, the, all the colors represent and symbolize different things, I think, that we could uh, definitely relate to Jesus Christ in some way.
0: Yeah, I just, uh, Elder Bednar made a comment about lights one time talking about Christmas. I'd like to read it. He says, many of our memorable and enduring Christmas traditions include different kinds of lights, lights on trees, lights in and out on our homes, candles on our tables. Um, may the beautiful lights of every holiday season remind us of him who is the source of all light. You know, uh, yeah, right. pretty profound there, you know, I and and I think that if there was, uh, I don't know if I even should say this, but if there was one symbol that probably might be the most important, that might, in my opinion, might be it, the light, because that is what Jesus is, you know, the yep. light of all the world, the light of everything, actually, yep. uh, quite literally, and I, I really love that one myself. Angels? I, Angels is a great one. Angels
1: know? are an important symbol of Christmas. We we see angels. We sometimes hang them on the top of our tree or we see them again on cards or whatever. You know, the angels proclaiming to the shepherds and proclaiming to us and proclaiming to others. I'm sure throughout the world when Jesus was born, I'm sure there were many who...
0: Heralding in a new dispensation, yes. you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, the fulfillment of all of the prophecies, right. of yeah. patriarchs, and prophets before uh, the four thousand years from Christ to Adam. So I I think angels is is really a sweet uh, a symbol.
0: You know, it's it's we think about it, but um, I I think another one is Christ being born in the manger, the symbolism of yeah. that. Uh, you know, he could have the, the king of all kings born in a manger well
1: that comes that kind of leads us into that first story of christmas and and we'll talk maybe in more detail but maybe just to say here that uh, the manger was probably made of stone right not wood they didn't really use so much animal troughs as we do in a barn here most of their troughs were out of limestone
0: it was more readily available than wood. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so they would have had probably a stone uh, manger, which the stone, the rock. Here's this baby who is the the rock, the foundation of our salvation. You, you know. Uh, anyway, there's so much symbol to that to that manger. Not only him being born in a lowly place a poor place who descended below all things right from
0: the very beginning
1: but the rock yeah that he's laid on uh so the the manger is is such a great symbol if if i think we really could understand uh what what it was like that first christmas uh, anything else, Scott? Any other symbols? I'm sure there's there's some of our listeners are screaming at the radio or, <laughs> yeah. or their phone right now because you guys
0: praying, aren't thinking of this. We're
1: not thinking of all the symbols of Christmas, but yeah, um,
0: we really didn't intend this to be a even Saint Nick. Completely I think even St. Nicholas but...
1: or, or Santa Claus. Oh yeah, can, that's a can good Can be one. an important symbol of Jesus. I I love this picture which we hang up every year. Right after Thanksgiving is a picture of, of uh, Santa Claus coming out of a home after delivering gifts, and he has his bag on his shoulder and he's kneeling in the snow because there is a a picture or a it's not a picture but a monument of Jesus Christ. It's kind of the Christus monument in this uh, painting, and there is Santa Claus. With this sack on his back and him kneeling in the snow, worshiping Jesus. Yeah. And I, I've, I just, you know, dressed in red and yeah. white again. Yeah. Saint Nicholas. Yeah. And the old tradition of Saint Nicholas uh, saving a family. You know, this goes back to Eastern Europe where the man who was so poor was going to lose his daughters to servitude or other or worse forms than that because he was so poor, and how St. Nick drove past this man's house and threw in three bags of gold which landed in the stockings that were hanging by the fireplace, drying. They, you know, they would put their winter socks by the fireplace to dry them out, and St. Nicholas thro- throws in three bags of gold that land in the... Stockings at the fireplace so Santa Claus or Saint Nick saving this family from being uh, lost or separated and I, I love that tradition and that thought so when I when I see the socks I think of drying the socks by the fireplace and Saint Nick's saving this this family and I think that's such an important symbol
0: so, yeah, let's talk about that for just a second. So here's a dad. He's got three daughters. He's losing. He, he He's so poor that he is considering the, what we would say, the unconsiderable, right? We would never consider it, in our day and age doing what he Basically was. Basically selling out his daughters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and just to, so that they could. And so he was destitute. He had nothing left. Totally. Totally gone. And here comes St. Nicholas. Yep. And for no merit of their own, right? They didn't merit Saint Nicholas's they didn't gift. Earn it. They didn't earn it. Uh, all they did was they, they were entitled. They, but, but they were able to receive it somehow for they some reason.
1: Opened their windows,
0: which made them they
1: opened their windows. Able, which opened their hearts
0: to receive the gift. The windows being the eyes, the heart. Could be the fireplace, right? Or the, or the uh, window. Or the window. And here's the here are these socks ready to receive. And yeah, you know, and, and that's what we're just asked to do. We're yeah. just asked to receive this gift. Yeah. Uh, and what a great time as we consider all of the gifts that have ever been given, the gift of eternal life that's been afforded to each of us because of the atonement of Jesus Christ. And we don't merit it. We align with it right. in order to receive it. We don't merit it, and 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 along com- comes Jesus Christ, and in you know, in in the story that you just uh, rendered, along com- comes Saint Nicholas, a uh, a representation of Jesus Christ, right. and gives a gift uh, that they received. What a beautiful, what a beautiful I, I story! Guess,
1: I guess other than the Christ Child himself, which is, you know, is the giving of gifts at Christmas that should point us to. Christ because God so loved the world yep. that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so I, I guess maybe for me, the ultimate symbol is maybe the, the symbol of gifts themselves and the act of gift giving. And uh, I think we read this uh, not very long ago. In fact, I think I shared this. In our last podcast, when I shared kind of my, my dream or parable about the gift of, a t- of the ticket, but this, this passage in Doctrine and Covenants, thirty two thirty three, 33 which uh, says, speaking of the wicked, this is speaking of really the sons of perdition, they shall return again to their own place to enjoy that which they were willing to receive because they were not willing to enjoy that which they might have received. For what doth it profit a man if a gift is bestowed upon him, and he received not the gift? Behold, he rejoices not in that which is given unto him, neither rejoices in him who is the giver of the gift. So this whole idea and practice tradition that we have, sacred tradition of giving and receiving gifts, Scott, should definitely point us to Christ, the gift of the Father giving us his Son and the gift of the Son reaching down to us and condescending to our level, becoming a man, a God, creator of the world, Jesus Christ, Jehovah coming down on our level and becoming a mortal and experiencing all of the hurt, all of the pain, all of the injustices and inequities of mortality. Uh, what a gift that He gives us, and the the great thing that we should always be asking ourselves, I think, this season is so. In all of my preparation to give and receive gifts, what has Jesus given me? And second question is, and what gift can I give Him? Yeah. And when I think of that, Scott, there are so many—I'm sure—great answers of the all of the gifts that we could give Him. Uh, the gift of our heart, uh, all the gifts. But I think of King Lamoni's father in that amazing prayer where he says I would give I, I when he's praying to the Father and he's for the first time learning about God and about Christ from uh, the sons of Mosiah specifically Aaron and and he says I would give away all of my sins to know thee I think what a gift yeah and it's, there's some irony in this to give a to give the gift of sin to give the gift of sin to jesus makes him so happy i think wow the love of god oh the condescension of god to give him our sins i don't know i think that he may see that as perhaps the greatest offering or the greatest gift that we can give him—to give him a bad habit, to give him an, a, to give him our addictions, to give him our pain, to give him our our loneliness, our hurt, our—to give him all of that, and for him to take it so gladly because he's already suffered it because of the gift that he gave us is I think the essence of the message behind Christmas
0: yeah uh, there's it's impossible for me to give that wicked gift without his ability his helping me yeah, to give it to him you know that's
1: and, that, that's the gift he wants
0: uh-huh. yeah I, and, and I can't give it to him without his help right uh, yeah I, that's uh
1: right until you understand the gift he gave us, then you feel gratitude for that. Uh, that becomes the motivating source and power for us to give him all of our sins, all of our hurt, all of our all of our pain, all of, all of that, and to give him our broken heart. When we say give him our heart, it it really is a broken heart. That's I I just think it's so. Amazing to think about that. We don't, we don't even give him a good heart. We give him a broken, the broken
0: one. one. Yeah, it's not even a which good is
1: one. which is what he what he really asks of us. So I, I hope this Christmas season that we can see Christ in any form, even the X.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you shared that with <laughs> even me.
1: Even the X or anything else, it should it should really be centered in Christ. Maybe we need to consider changing up some of our traditions, some of our celebrations, and to just make sure that our thoughts and our lives and everything about Christmas is centered in in Jesus Christ.
0: You know, we live in a time when we've seen uh, trials and troubles in the world that are just never before seen. Uh, We are seeing economic times. uh, We are in a... uh, And this is worldwide, and I know we have listeners all across the world. In 45 different countries, actually, we have listeners. And I know that this is a phenomenon that's taken place all over the world. You know, we have inflation uh, that is at highs that we haven't seen in 40 one or 42 years and what that means is that retirements are getting shrunk and the dollar's not or the the, our currency isn't uh, going as far as it has in the past and that's creating some stresses and and that can that can affect uh, a parent's ability to provide a christmas that maybe they wanted to provide and and all those things but i think that when these types of trying times comes It gives us all an opportunity, regardless of our affluence or lack thereof. It gives us an opportunity to really consider what you just shared. You know, the gift, the greatest gift of all, the the Son, our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And just as we've talked about so many times, when we talk about how do we have His Spirit to be with us, how do we really work to have him here. When we are in our rock bottoms, how do we get that changed? And I think in order for us to receive this gift, we have to do the same thing that we have to do for those. We have to go and visit and be with him there. Mm -hmm. We have to go to Gethsemane and receive that Mm -hmm. gift. We need to go to the cross and receive the gift that continues there. And even into the garden tomb when the gift of the resurrection and all things being made pure and whole again. Uh, Jesus was born so that he could carry all of that out. And in a few months, we'll be doing again like we did last year, uh, a very special week on the uh, crucifixion and the resurrection, the Easter time. But as we uh, start preparing for that, just as he did, I hope that it's in each of us this year, this time of year, uh and this year especially, given all given the state of the world and the economy and all of the things that are are troubling so many people, I hope that we will go to the to the place where Jesus was and I hope we'll walk with him and we will receive the gift that's priceless above all gifts this year.
1: Well, Scott, I thank you. Amen to that. I think another thing that we can do, which we do, I think most do this is to really consider others and how we can help to lift and minister to others. I think one of my favorite, and I didn't discover this until I was in my 20s, one of my favorite stories is uh, uh, Van Dyke, no, I'm sorry, O'Henry's, O'Henry's story of the other wise men or the fourth wise man, And the story of this fourth wise man who's looking for jesus and he has all of these diamonds and all of this money that he's going to bring as part of his gift to jesus and in his search for jesus following the star being separated from the other three wise men being delayed because he was serving others and because he helped this woman and he helped this caravan and he helped that anyway he he doesn't get there in time and he doesn't find Jesus, as the story goes, until he's on his way to the cross. Then 33 years it's taken him to, to find Jesus. And uh, it's so sweet how, how the story ends and Jesus says to him, "Oh uh, Henry quotes from Matthew chapter 5 when Jesus looks at this other wise man, as he's on his way to to the cross, then he says, Come ye, blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was a hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was imprisoned. And ye came unto me, I, I, I love that message. I love that story as being part of this time of the year, this season, of uh, reaching out and and helping and serving others. Maybe even members of our own family, our own ward, who we can minister to. Uh, those those who are hurting, uh, those who who need uh, an act of love. Uh, to buoy them up this time of year, I I think that's uh, those are also gifts that when we give them to others, when we go to the prison, mm-hmm. we visit the prisoners, and we we go to the homeless, and we go to those who are needy. That that's a gift to Jesus Himself, because this other wise man he 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 spent his whole inheritance helping, helping others, others, helping along the others, way. and here he is. He finds Jesus on his way to the cross. Uh, and he know, has nothing left to give him, and nothing to give him. And Jesus says, "Come and inherit the mansions of my Father. You've you've given me your all. You've given me everything because you gave it to, to all others, them. right? And I think that's an important uh, message that we should consider this this Christmas time as well. I think some of the best Christmases I we've had in our family is one year how we didn't give gifts to. One another, we took all of the money and bought gifts, and uh, kind of had uh, found a family uh, that that lived in a poor area of town, and identified a family, and all of us took gifts in sacks to this family and left it on their porch. And uh, I I I think those are some of the more meaningful, uh, memorable Christmases that we can really feel this true spirit of Christmas.
0: You know, and and uh, I just had this thought around gifts, because, you know, as you talk about those gifts, I think sometimes for some of us it's easier for us to give gifts than it is to receive. But I think that Christmas isn't Christmas unless we learn to receive, too, right? And, and, and to receive that gift, the greatest gift that's been provided to anybody at any time, well, to all of us <laughs> at all times through the atonement of Jesus Christ, that's what Christmas is, is that gift. And, and you know, as we, as we talked about in past podcasts, you know, we talked about how do we become more Christlike, and we talked about, well— by forgiving others, that's one way that we can become more Christ-like, and by by going to the garden where He was and the cross where He was, and and studying about Him, and but but we really learn to be more like somebody when we emulate them, and and when we're giving, you know, yeah. when we are giving, and when we are actually also receiving, you know, we are really walking then as Jesus would have us walk during this time of year, David.
1: Well, I love that scripture in King Benjamin's address. Uh how 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 can you know the master if you haven't uh, served him? And then he says if you have served others, you have served me. You know, so I think uh, to come to know Jesus, we have to be engaged in his uh in his work, the work of salvation and helping to serve others. And maybe uh, this scripture comes to my mind in just concluding here, thinking about what can we give Jesus. Perhaps maybe an ultimate verse of scripture uh, on what can we give him, what can we offer him. I love this, uh, this scripture in, uh, in Omni, verse 26. And now, my beloved brethren and sisters, I would that ye should come unto Christ, who is the Holy One of Israel, and partake of his salvation, and the power of his redemption. What gifts? Yea, come unto him, and offer your whole souls as an offering unto him, and continue in fasting and prayer, and endure to the end, and as the Lord liveth, ye will be saved. So, Merry Christmas everybody and we'll do another uh special podcast uh next week uh, as we review the historical events of the first Christmas and and uh, I I look forward to doing that that then Scott and Uh, just a few days before Christmas or the week of Christmas.
0: Our intention behind doing two episodes just prior to Christmas is the intent behind this one, I think, is that uh, it begins to put our minds in line with what is it that we should be doing, what can I, Scott Durfee, do, and what can you, each of our listeners, do to invite him more into our lives during this time of year. And then the other thing that we also must at the same time consider is what is it in my life that I am willing to give him? What sins uh, is is King Lamoni's father? What sins am I willing? What what habits, what can I give him? What
1: Sacrifice can I make for him?
0: And as we contemplate that and think about that, we have a perfect opportunity coming up on Sunday. Once again, as we partake of the sacrament to, to make that part of our covenant relationship uh, and, you know, may God bless us each to do that as we are moving into this. I, I look forward to next week when we get into the historical and, and the first Christmas story and all of that. Uh, but but we did this in preparation for that so that our hearts and our minds can be set on those things. Thanks for being with us. Dave, do you have anything final?
1: Have a good week, everybody. We'll, we'll talk next yep, week. Look
0: forward to it. Uh, and until then, You're
1: enjoying the spirit of the season, the reason for the season.
0: May God be with you always. May you remember that you have been redeemed through his blood. Thanks for being with us.